Welcome to Blockchain Enterprises Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Cryptos. The aim of this podcast is to show you how anyone can start a business, find their dream job, or develop a revenue stream in the emerging blockchain industry. Most, if not all of our guests, started with an idea, a few hundred dollars, and a Twitter account. Before we meet today's guest, here's a word from our sponsor. Crypto.com was founded in 2016 on a simple belief that it's a basic human right for everyone to control their money, data and identity. With over 1 million users on its platform today, Crypto.com provides a powerful alternative to traditional financial services, turning its vision of cryptocurrency in every wallet into reality one customer at a time. Crypto.com is built on a solid foundation of security, privacy and compliance and their wallet allows you to buy and sell 7 fiat currencies, 53 cryptocurrencies and monitor over 200 coins all at your fingertips via their app. You can access, manage and spend your funds with their Visa card at any time and if you're interested in signing up you can use the link in the show notes to register and receive a $50 sign-up bonus. That's right, $50. So go ahead and sign up crypto.com today. Digital Lawrence is the CEO and founder of FOMO Hunt. Digital has a background in film and television, social media, product management, and design. And he has a true understanding how to capture the essence of a brand, wrap it into a beautiful product, and push it globally. Since transitioning full-time into the world of crypto and blockchain a few years ago, he's become obsessed with building and assisting companies that are creating a fairer, freer, and more distributed world. Let's talk to Digital. Digital, thanks so much for joining us, man. How are you doing today? Hey, Coach. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Well, awesome, man. I'm always excited to talk to new people here. And uh, one of the things before we really dive into FOMO Hunt and some of the other aspects of the podcast, my first question I'd like to ask you is, you know, what were you doing in life when you first heard about blockchain? What was your uh, draw to it? What's kind of kept you in the game? Cool, man. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's a bit of a, a, a nuanced backstory into, into blockchain. But, you know, for myself, there's about two to three main main instances that made me kind of get into it. The first one was back in like 2011. I was living in Denver and there was some futurist conferences and they were talking about Bitcoin. And, and, I, and I started to kind of learn about it. I was learning programming at the time and web development. And I started to kind of go that, down that rabbit hole and then it just slipped my mind. And then about three, four years later, I had a buddy that lived in San Francisco um, and lived near uh, Ross from um, Silk Road, and uh, he was kind of peripheral to when that all went down. So I caught up with him. He was like, yeah, did you hear about the crazy Silk Road thing and the hundreds of millions of dollars of Bitcoin? And I was like, damn, I remember Bitcoin. That was a couple of years ago. Um, I tried to buy some ATMs at the time. This was like 2014, or the, uh, the, it was Christmas 2013. And I, I don't know, I just I couldn't pull it off. I was still in college. I didn't have the money, and I really didn't understand like the implications of Bitcoin. And then it wasn't until 2016 till when I really just went in. I had a, I had a friend of a friend kind of poke my head back down the rabbit hole of Bitcoin again. And, you know, I was, you know, uh, I was a big fan of gold and like the, 
the uh, libertarian movement. I followed that heavy, like 2006 to 2000, or maybe like 2007, 2008, that election, uh, like right. the Ron Paul and uh, Gold and Audit the Fed and stuff like that. So I was pretty, I guess you could say, somewhat woke on monetary policy, but I didn't, still really didn't understand the implications of Bitcoin. And then my buddy in 2016 was like, look, dude, like, I just made a lot of money. So, of course, that got my attention. And then <laughs> I was like, okay, tell me more. And he was like, dude, right. I think this is the future. Lots of money. It's going to be big. Get in, man. Get in. And then finally, like, I guess third time's the charm after, like, missing out on it for many years before. Even though I heard about it, I still didn't really get it. I didn't really understand what it, what, what would happen. And so, like, 20 – I guess it was, like, summer 2016 – when I really started to get into it and then 2017, just loads of activity obviously happened in the space. And that's when I made a Twitter, started commenting and learning about like different things and just kind of like making some friends online. So I guess you could say into 2016 onwards, I've been kind of full-time crypto. Haven't had another job since. Man, that's amazing. Well, uh, we're going to talk about FOMO Hunt in a second, but uh, cool. but before, before we do, I, what year did you actually start that? That was full time, I guess. I guess really beginning of 2017, because I still had another company that I was doing in an unrelated industry um, oh, okay. in 2016. And I was like wrapping that up and I was tired of it and bored of it. And I wanted to get out. It just it just wasn't making me happy. And, you know, obviously, uh uh when i had the opportunity because i i uh i was kind of just getting bored like i went to college i had i've always been an entrepreneur i had a couple jobs after college and i didn't like um never did started a company in like real estate um got my realtor's license and all that got my contractor's license all that good stuff tried that for about two years it, it had its ups and downs i liked it though i learned a lot and then but i've always been a digital first like i've always played video games growing up like i've always you know i was the one teaching my parents how to use the computer when i was four and five like with aol <laughs> right so like right. that was always been me and i grew up kind of in a small town so i always had aspirations of like the big scene right so i just wanted to like get out of the small town and like make it online so I was able to completely transition full time probably first quarter 2017. I mean, it's kind of blurry, but pretty much like going yeah. into the spring 2017, I was out of everything and I was just trying to figure out this crypto game. Well, that's crazy. I mean, it's almost like you kind of you kind of just dove right on into the thing. I, I know you did have a few years where you were hearing about it and maybe dipping your toe in the water a little bit, but it, it sounded like you really started getting in 2016. Shoot! By early 2017, you're 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 out of your your day job or whatnot, and, and full time into crypto, and that is slightly before. I know 2017, pretty much the whole year was. I mean, you throw some money at a coin, yeah. And just watch it, watch watch it go green, right? But uh, you know, you know, mid that summer and obviously late, late, late 2017 is when the spike really came. So you were really, uh, especially to build a business on top of this deal, was right ahead of itself. So, anyways, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, FOMO Hunt. Uh, can you tell us about number one, what it is? Number two. Why, why, why FOMO Hunt? Why did you choose to kind of go this route? Yeah, man, great question. Um, FOMO Hunt, so it's a bit of a saga, like any startup, I guess you could say, but right. I, did, I did pretty much all 2017, my own stuff, 2018, working with different companies, traveling a lot. That was when I got my first passport and I flew to Asia 
and I stayed in Asia for like 10 months and I'm from like a small town in the South. So like, it was just kind of, uh, bizarre. And I went out to Asia and I just was in crypto and I did that working with different companies, just going to different conferences. And by the end of 2018, I, I met everybody, not everybody in crypto, but like, I mean, I went from like a year before just chilling at home, like trying to figure out my next move in life. And then I was like, I think I was one of the first people to interview like CZ. Like I was like, it was right when the scene was kicking off. Um, so I just had my phone there. I called him in a conference and I was like, yo, CZ, can I get an interview? And we had to schedule through his people for like a day or two. Yeah. And I was able to like spend an hour with him in like a room, just me and him. And I was like, dude, what the fuck is life? Um, this is, this is cool. Like, you know, obviously I didn't make a million dollars off that interview. I think I just, I did it for free, but at the same time, it was just like, okay, cool. I found my tribe. I think I found the type of people I like to be with. I found, I found my industry I want to be in and, and just clicks. So I did that all of 2018. And then at the end of 2018, I came back from Asia. Um, I'm trying to make sure these dates are right. Yeah. 2018, I got back from Asia Got back to California after Asia. I was like, dude, I don't want to go back home. Let me go kind of figure out some moves in Cali. So I just moved to L.A. for about six months, um, like October, I think, 2018. And then by the end of by that Christmas, I was like, dude, I got to make a business in blockchain. I got to make a business in crypto. I was like, I want to be in it. I don't want to work for anybody. I'm not good at, you know, maybe if it's a great company, but I prefer, you know, trying to at least work for myself. Um okay just works like that so i was like hey man i'll just make a platform that shows every single crypto event in the world because i just came back from running like an 80 uh conference circuit in like four, maybe 12 14 months and i learned so much and it was so hard to find these events so the problem was you can't find these events because they're on like wechat whatsapp telegram they're all scattered so i was like let me just make an easy site for like digital nomads that want to like jump in the crypto scene in every country and like hear where everything's at. So that was the, that was the game plan, uh, I guess around Christmas, 2018. And then going into 2019, uh, we launched a little basic MVP minimum viable product and just threw out it like a cool little site where you can browse and locate, uh, all the crypto events in the world. And we even had attached social profiles. So like you can kind of see like, what trader or what influencer or CEO is going to be at what conference and what sponsors and kind of Wikipedia of the industry, I guess you could say. Um, and we did that for about six, seven months last year. Uh, yeah. 2018 last year from like January, I guess we probably launched in March and ran it to about August of 2019. Uh, so we did about a six month run. Um, and then at the end of it, I was like, dude, we got to get way bigger than this. This is like small fry. Luckily, I have a cool group of friends and family and team who like were uh, understanding and wanted to pivot. Because essentially, I, you know, if we're going to gun for it, like might as well think big. Like, what can we do that's fucking massive? Even if we fail, at least we like try. Because I, felt, I right. felt like we were kind of, we already executed on the events and it's like, you know, how much traction does that really get? It does pretty well, but, you know, it's not like you can become the next Facebook. Um, so so we wrapped up 2019 after all of our travels. We did another road show in Asia um, from about July to October of 2019. We hit, me and some teammates hit Singapore, Korea, all these countries in Asia and even some Europe. And I got back and I had a new perspective. I was like, dude, we're done with events. I'm over events. 
we're done with events. I've seen them all. And, you know, there's just, we can do bigger things than this. Um, luckily, COVID, um, we pivoted before uh, COVID, like who knew the world would be locked down. So essentially we would have no, right. no business model. But after our pivot, our pivot, we thought, and we said, what is like the biggest opportunity we see in blockchain? And, you know, just talking to people and like, just, I had some experiences with like bad banking issues while I was overseas, losing debit cards. And, you know, you lose your debit card overseas, you're, you're just screwed. So uh, we were, I was trying to think, what is something we could do that can onboard a shitload of people into crypto and build a fun product and make money and something we would enjoy doing. So we've, we've gone down this path. We've officially pivoted in probably November, December last year. So about three to four months into building the new version. Um, and this is what we feel is like a bit of a quantum leap, like to the next level. It, it's essentially allows anybody from any country in the world to convert their cash into digital money. So like the reason why that's important is there's 2.2 billion people that are unbanked um, still in the world who are just playing with cash where everybody wants Bitcoin to get mass adopted, but that doesn't take somebody's cash in the Philippines and turn it into Bitcoin. Like there has to be a process for that. And we can either wait for the central bankers to digitize fiat money country by country, which might take 10, 20 years. And that essentially just kills the idea of Bitcoin or we provide a solution to allow people that essentially, you know, these people want to protect their wealth against inflation. They want to protect their wealth against robbery. And they also want to grow their wealth and grow their assets in the new digital economy. So we're working on a new technology platform that essentially allows um, with a, with a international partner uh, who I can't really talk about yet. It's not hundred percent done, but hopefully um, I'm expecting the deal gets done and essentially all of a sudden at 100,000 locations in almost every country in the world, people could go there, turn their cash into a stable coin and then hit our back end, buy Google stocks. They can buy Bitcoin. They can buy Amazon. I mean, you could do anything and then you can convert it back to stable coin and take your cash back out. So essentially overnight we would create effectively like, 100,000 Bitcoin ATMs that allow people in, in un, underdeveloped countries and mm -hmm. even places that, you know, even in America, there's some cities that, you know, it's just rural and it's just, you know, they don't have a lot of banking infrastructure or, or even their local bank sucks. So we're allowing a way for people to globally onboard their wealth and trade it for the most popular assets in the world, including digital currencies, cryptocurrencies, and stocks. That is, uh, I will have to say, honestly, that is extremely impressive uh, kind of target market and, and idea because, I mean, as you're sitting there saying this, I'm like, holy, holy, matter. like, <laughs> we're, we're trying to, we're, we're trying to pull so many people away from the central banking system, you know, mm -hmm. the digital currency. Mm -hmm. And, you got to have the central banking system to even get into this thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, I, 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 I don't know if I ever really even processed it in that manner, especially knowing that you do have such a large market of people that don't even, that don't even bank like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, golly, that's, uh, I, I cannot wait to see that kind of continue to come to fruition. It sounds like a, a, a humongous project. However, Yeah. Um, it's definitely a moonshot. You know. <laughs> we'll yeah. see if we'll make I mean, it there. 
Yeah, and that, you know, and that's uh, what's the old saying is like you, you got to shoot for the moon, right? Or, and, and land you know, it. Miss you land land the, the stars, stars right? Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. So uh, no, that's awesome, man. I mean, I, I tell you what, uh, doing this podcast here for 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 a few episodes now. Um, it's cool seeing so many people that hop on and they they, they notice a a flaw an issue in in this blockchain technology and we are so so early in, in mm-hmm. it that you can find all these flaws and these holes and these voids and uh you know it's just the people that are willing to step up and and, and take on the challenge man and like you said it, it is a, a moonshot but you guys are stepping up to the plate that's awesome to hear now I I, I do yeah. want to ask one question because you talked about you know 2018 2017 mm-hmm. not not traveling traveling and so um, you know that's one thing I'm I'm a little I've been in space for a while, man, and I just have not got off my tail and hadn't met anybody. I want to start with some meetups here locally. Mm-hmm. Austin's actually a pretty decent blockchain yep. space down here in Texas, and I'm, I'm I'm relatively close to that. And uh, you know, I really want to get into that portion of it because I, I think, man, it, it you learn every day just sitting behind Twitter, yep. you know, just following following different things. But I mean, I can only imagine how much you learn when you're sitting there with these with these people that are enamored with as, as just as enamored as you are. Mm-hmm. So just talk to me a little bit about, you know, that networking in person versus, you know, maybe some of the stuff you've done as you were a little bit more stationary and right now with this COVID situation, isn't the best example, but maybe like you said, early 2017, 2018, the kind of the differences in the two in regards to networking. Yeah, man, I think, you know, networking in person, um, I think it's probably always the best, you know, maybe in this new virtual world, maybe we're all stuck just networking online, but, you know, essentially um, one of the biggest things I've learned about networking is there's a lot of people out there in the crypto scene that aren't on Twitter. They're not on YouTube. They're not on Instagram. They're not even on Facebook. A lot of them are anonymous uh, because of their wealth or just because they're cyberpunks and they just don't want to be really out there. But, you know, you get to meet a whole other side of the community that you would never meet online. So that's that's something that's really, really cool to me. Like, I met so many people that are like, oh, yeah, man, like, uh, I'm not online. Like, here's my email. Like, you can hit me up if you ever want to chat. And um, you're just like, oh, that's kind of cool. So you meet a lot of people in, in crypto that, you know, you just wouldn't normally meet online when you're networking in person. And then, you know, just kind of opportunities, I guess you could say, like, the old phrase, like, just show up you know like if you just show up and there's you know 100 people in the room 10 of them are super successful uh you know the rest are just like really cool people maybe a couple bad apples like you'll get opportunities you know you just hang out talk to people whether that opportunity is you want to go speak on stage or you want to get on a new podcast or maybe you're trying to get a new contract or sponsorship or or maybe you're looking to join a team or maybe you're looking to, to have someone join your team I just think it's it's so much easier. Like I was able to go to, you know, consensus in New York and go to rooftop parties back when crypto was r- really just ridiculously bullish. You know, those rooftop parties. I mean, we went on I didn't pay for any of this, but, you know, we did yacht parties in Hong Kong. They would have it after the after the conference. They'd be like, hey, after we have like a hundred foot boat, we're taking out in the bay. You're welcome wow. to come. And we, I just was able to do that for like a year and a half from like anywhere from bali to hong kong japan all over and i it was just a fun time it was just a really fun time to to meet people everybody's enamored with this new technology everybody's enamored with the possibility to make a lot of money of course and it's very diverse you know like i grew up in a pretty normal town but like you go to japan you're hanging out with japanese people there wasn't a lot of japanese people where i grew up there wasn't a lot of like people from indonesia or 
or you just meet people that speak seven languages and they're from Brussels, England, uh, Brussels uh, <laughs> in Europe. And you're like, okay, wow. Like I can't compete right. with that. Like you're talking in French and in Spanish and in Dutch. Um, so it's just cool. Like there's a whole big world out there and, you know, as fun and as exciting it was to network in crypto is also just learning about finance and learning how people do business, like in different countries. Like I had no, frame of reference for how people try to do a deal in Sweden versus, you know, New Orleans or New York. So it, it, it's just a huge learning opportunity that I'm super grateful to be able to do. And then um, I met a lot of really great people, you know, lots of, a lot of my friends are in crypto. Um, essentially all my friends are in crypto now. A couple of normie friends still have never converted and they're still my buddies, but majority of the people I talk to now are, you know, part of this whole, movement or industry or whatever you want to call it and it's just i just think you know when you're able to shake someone it sounds weird now with covid but when you're able to actually like shake someone's hand and and go outside and have a beer and chat you know that's a little more uh intimate and able to get to know somebody better than just you know dming on twitter absolutely man well let me ask you this question here man um you know obviously what 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 formal hunt was initially is, is is you know like you said, you used the term pivoted, um, you know, mm-hmm. it's pivoted to something totally different now, <laughs> you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely um, a huge opportunity in front of you. And it was a huge opportunity then um, at the time when you kind of started this thing, what, you know, these three years, I, I, I feel are really, really important in this, in the, in the crypto space. Cause you had 2017, like we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. you, you just bought whatever on pulling pull or whatever <laughs> exchange you wanted to. And yeah. man, it just held, hold on to it long enough to just watch it explode. Right. Yep. And then 2018, everybody's expecting the same. It was a dud. 2019 was even worse. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're trying to figure out what the heck 2020 is going to bring to us. Uh, obviously in the real world or, or in our daytime, we got this COVID we're mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, all these markets are tanking, you know, in these different countries and things like that. Cause uh, you know, people aren't working, things like that. So there are some of these built in, uh, things right now around crypto are kind of making it hard to maintain and, you know, legitimately build a business. You know, what, what, uh, what issues or challenges, you know, have you faced so far and are you expecting in terms of, especially with this volatile crypto market? Uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, challenges with the actual industry, I guess you could say, or would you would you think more about the, the particular company? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess I was maybe painting a picture that might not even really be relevant to mm-hmm. you guys. Uh, I, I know a lot of people that built some of this tech on this blockchain has have been affected by Right, you know they're struggling a little bit maybe that doesn't affect you guys but what challenges do you face first whether it's business wise or or the volatile markets that affect the business yeah man well you know i guess on a macro scale you know when bitcoin crashes everybody gets cold feet from from the guy on twitter from the the deep you know systems architect on the d5 program to a news a news website i mean everybody just you know, gets a bit cold feet, you know, people don't really want to do business. So, you know, it has been kind of bizarre navigating these up and down cycles because they happen in such compressed times. I mean, on a larger scale, we're still technically, I guess, down from the all time high. But there's all these little micro cycles that happen three to six months where people turn super bearish or, or super bullish. Right. So it's kind of interesting, you know, like in other industries, it's probably more stable. 
except for when things happen, like what's happening right now in the broader economy. But, you know, like something that you thought would be super simple to accomplish, get a sponsor or, or sign some deal. All of a sudden, everybody's got cold feet because Bitcoin dropped to 1200 in a day. Right. So it, it adds another layer of complexity of, you know, startups are already hard. Business is hard. Building a team, fundraising, all that stuff's hard. But, you know, you email you, you, you emailed a big VC three years ago. Hey, I'm raising money for a blockchain project. Great. Send me my money. You email a VC now with the subject line, new blockchain startup. Bro. <laughs> Right. 98% of those quote Silicon Valley VCs are going to like literally just mark you as spam. <laughs> so, right. right. And I've heard them say it directly on podcasts. Some of my favorite ones, they talk about it. Um, and it's not because they're necessarily like smarter or they think that this industry is a joke. They're just disciplined with their capital. And a lot of people got too enamored, including myself probably with the, you know, speculative side of the industry, you know, if you zoom out so much progress in a decade, we went from really just nothing on a message board right. to now I can send you, a, you know, I can send you a hundred grand in Bitcoin tonight and you can wire it to your bank account in 12 hours with Coinbase or something. I mean, that yeah. that's pretty insane to think where it started. But, you know, the challenges are navigating through down and up market cycles. So what we did, at least at FOMO Hunt, was the problem is, I was tired of dealing with market cycles in crypto. So I wanted to figure out a way to zoom out and get above the clouds and get out of gravity and build a business model that's not directly dependent on is this market currently up 10% or down 10%? Because on the long term, I'm bullish on like the zoom out five years now, 10 years from now. I mean, who knows? It could be the biggest thing the world's ever seen. So I'm betting that it's going to be really big long term. But on the short term, meaning like six months ahead, a year ahead, I wanted to remove all um, complications of our company being like directly speculating on assets and or directly impacted by us speculating on assets. So, you know, kind of get above that and say, hey, maybe, you know, if we're going to launch a token, maybe let's not launch it this year in 2018 and then the next year we're like well maybe maybe we don't launch one in 2019 either now we're, and <laughs> yeah. now we're in 2020 we're like maybe we shouldn't yeah. launch, launch one at all but maybe right. like i'm you know i'm holding you know i i still reserve the right um pending u.s regulatory and whatever you know regulations but you know we just try to navigate and say look like what's the simplest way we cannot be distracted or affected by Bitcoin. I mean, that's the elephant in the room. Everybody's always thinks like, what if Bitcoin goes down 20% tomorrow? Yeah, exactly. So uh, we want to get away from that and be on an infrastructure layer. Like Binance doesn't really care too much if, if Bitcoin goes down 20% because they're still making money. Now they'll, they'll care if Bitcoin goes to zero, but then if Bitcoin goes to zero, we're all affected. So we, we yeah. wanted to position ourselves in a way where it's like, look, the, the 15 to 20% daily market swings don't affect us. That's just a part of crypto. And we don't want to participate in them too much, maybe personally, but as an organization, I don't think we should be betting on really speculative assets on a, on a small time frame. On a macro, sure. Do we hold Bitcoin reserves long term? Possibly. But we don't, you know, we're not a hedge fund. Right. 
Well, that's uh, that, that's a really good point, man. That's smart that you go to a business model where, you know, yeah, you might get the little alert on your phone or yeah, whatever, yeah. block fully or Delta, like you shrug your shoulders and you can't <laughs> kind of keep chopping wood. It's uh, you know, it's 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 uh, not affecting your day to day from a business standpoint. So, um, that's awesome, man. Let let, let me kind of transition here to this question. This is more uh, on a personal level and, and and some advice maybe to our listeners that are, you know, I I think they're really going to find this one interesting especially as right before you hopped into crypto you were you know doing real estate mm-hmm. and you know uh like you said have this entrepreneurs type type spirit um you know how did you apply maybe some of your background in other areas um you know whatever your undergrad was in, mm-hmm. in college uh some, you know whatever you do in your personal life even some real estate stuff i don't mm-hmm. know i don't know the inside of real estate too much myself but um how have you applied some of your personal skills and in starting your own blockchain business, you know, is was there any carryover? And, and you know, if you were giving some advice to somebody looking to start their business, you know, and they don't have that technology understanding, they don't have, you know, this, that, or the other, you know, how do you really tap into your skill set mm-hmm. and put it on display? Yeah, man, great question. Uh, you know, the skills that transfer and don't transfer. I never, you know, this might just be me. I never really think of myself having super direct hard skills where I'm like, you know, Lawrence is really good at this, but he's not good at this. You know, (laughs) some people are like, hey, he's a master kung fu artist, but he can't drive a car. You know, you know, people have these crazy, like he was a Navy SEAL, but he can't tie his shoes. So I've, I've always been like a big generalist. By that, I mean, I'm, very curious about everything i want to know things so you know essentially i guess the trait that i've always kept throughout my whole life is just just curiosity and like research like you know like i'll i'll spend uh you know a whole day just reading one little weird part of the blockchain industry that i never heard about but it's interesting and you know i'll be able to tie that together um so just like researching and like kind of staying up with trends um is something and then the other thing just from like a business point of view um one of the things i guess i learned throughout being an entrepreneur over the past decade is you know there's a time to to leverage yourself in the time that there's not you know and you got to kind of start learning when that is you know when can you take your last 500 bucks and bet big on a certain idea you have or a certain opportunity or when do, when do you when do you stay conservative? So you know, just kind of navigating like upswings of like real estate has a lot of upswings. I mean, there was times where at the end of the month I was down you know thirty grand, where it's like, how am I going to pay these vendors? You know, yeah. like like you know trying to sleep because you owe someone twenty grand the next day, and you know mm. you don't got, it. <laughs> and you know you ain't got it. Right. So like just kind of being, I guess, uh, a bit just fiscally responsible, I guess you could say. Crypto is very volatile and it's very uh, speculative. So, you know, what we're trying to bring in is some somewhat fiscal responsibility to the organization. And as kind of a kind of a mission for us is like, Look, dude, if, if we're down to our last five grand and we try to, we need to do something crazy, we're going to discuss it a lot and, you know, we're going to see if that's going to work. Um, and otherwise, um, you know, we can just wait, you know, patience, I guess you could say, is something that 
I've started to develop more and more of where it's like, look, you don't have to get it all right now. Like you, you right. can put your head down and grind for six months and wait. For, yeah. And just wait for the next opportunity. So, I mean, from hard skills, like I've always been really good at design. Um, I'm really good at just, you know, I'm, I can, you know, build front end websites. I can design apps. I can do that. That's just something I picked up doing Photoshop when I was, you know, early high school playing around to now just, you know, it's something I enjoy doing. I like making things that visually look good and then solving the problem of like how it would interact. So, you know, those are some of the skills I have like design and, you know, what we want to do essentially is just make it. So, um, we have a team that just supports each other and we just try to figure out like, what's the next move? Like, Hey, we have this coming up. Here's what just happened. What's our best strategy moving forward? Um, so just a lot of critical thinking, but you know, hard skills, I guess I'm, you know, I'm pretty good at math, pretty good at design. I'm decent at like talking to people, I'm decent at sales, but those are all just skills that I've just learned over my whole life, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, right. I didn't go to, none, none of that really taught me in college. I did some engineering in college and, you know, ah, you know, they don't, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, man. You know what's awesome about that is that you just said, ah, I don't know. You just said so much that it's going to be so valuable. I mean, <laughs> that probably the best thing you said was curiosity. I, I think that's just awesome, man, because mm-hmm. I think it's so many people that uh, you don't have any choice in this space, in my opinion. I don't care how much you know. You don't have any choice but to have some type of curiosity because you can't know everything about this space. There are so many sectors. Yeah. And, and it's just so easy to fall in these different rabbit holes and spend a day. Like, I mean, literally today I was on decentralized social media. Uh, I, I ran into the no hashtag D-E-S-M and I'm like, just reading about all these different ways that people are moving to this stuff. And I'm just like, man, hey, this is pretty dope. Okay, cool. You know, and just went on about my day and playing with my kids. Yeah. It's, you're right, man. Just curiosity, man. You never know where to take you in this space. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's how I ended up in crypto. I mean, I was like, what is this? You know, you gotta, right. if you, you know, this is just me, but like, you know, I get drawn to things and I want to figure out why, you know, like, right. so I, I've tried to figure it out. And, you know, from in terms of like executive or things like that, I just try to watch some podcasts of really smart slash rich or successful people and, and just listen to how they talk and how they discuss like certain concepts. Cause you know, you, when you're trying to make something really big happen, uh, the difference between yes and no could just be like the way you started your sentence. Absolutely. So I just, absolutely. yeah. So I just try to, you know, learn, mimic, watch, you know, it's a, it's a long game trying to, you know, figure out the best way to move, stay authentic, but also be like the best version of yourself is, you know, something I try to do. Amen, brother. Well, digital, man, this has been absolutely amazing. I'm going to leave you with one last question here. Um, Yeah. I know we're early on in the formal hunt uh, in the grand scheme of things, but you know, so far, what has been your biggest achievement while building this business? And, you know, something you look at and you say, man, Hey, that's pretty dope. You know, it doesn't have to be anything huge, but to you is special. Man, I guess it would be a combination of keeping the lights on this long in a, you know, <laughs> keeping the lights on this long in a, in a fucking market that just shit the bed two years in a row would, would right. be probably one of them. Two, I was able through the thousands of people I met in three to four years or two, whatever, while I was traveling, I was able to meet like a handful of really, really smart passionate people 
that want to fucking do big shit. So like the, that, the ability that I was able to essentially say, look, we can do something really big together if you're about it. If you want to like take this chance, you want to do it. I guess, you know, I'm pretty proud just like being able to assemble a team of fucking workhorses. Like, you know, everybody that works with us, like, I, you know, I've worked with people that don't have a work ethic. I work with people that kind of do. But, like, when you work with people that actually grind, like, actually grind and motivate you, then it's like, wow. So I'm, I'm super proud I was able to meet and assemble the people that we got in our, our squad because it's really, at the end of the day, it's the people. Like, you, that's the people you have to talk to every day. Those are people that, you know, essentially bet in your, you know, future on with, like, hey, is this guy going to get my back and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm proud I was able to grab a handful of just smart people and convince them that I, you know, might be on to something and we're going to give it a try. Digital, man, it's been awesome, man. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We will make sure to link everything in our show notes regarding, you know, FOMO Hunt, the website, your social media accounts and all that good stuff, man. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Great. Thanks, Coach. All right. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye, man. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Blockchain Enterprises. If you're interested in learning more about how to generate revenue streams in the crypto space, or if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of our podcast, then visit our website at www.blockchainenterprisespodcast.com.